Welcome to Design by Us, the show where we discuss how humans design the world. My name is Ravi Chohan, and with you and me, as always, is is a uh, the angel that gives you wings. Oh my word! You never ever just say your name. <laughs> just it needs to relate it to the episode. People know who I am. Do you reckon Actually, people might not know who I am? Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm fair not famous. <laughs> no, if you don't know who I am, it's normal. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's. It's not you, it's us. Um, But anyway, today we're going to be talking a little bit about Red Bull. And uh, I think the idea for this episode kicked off when you and I were walking through London and we walked past a uh, clothing store. I don't know. I can't remember where we were. I think it was West London uh, near the new Apple store and up on Brompton Road, I believe, in in London. And um, I pointed out to you, we're looking for a place to grab a coffee. I don't know if you remember. And I I said to you, oh, that, that, that store, that's owned by Red Bull. You're like, what store? I said that one over there. You're like, what store? And I was pointing at the Alpha Tauri store, which we'll get into in a little while. And I said, that's over by Red Bull. And it looked like a high fashion, high fashion kind of shop, didn't it? And uh, yeah, that's where the idea for this was born. And uh, we ha- you haven't said what we were talking about, but we we're talking about Red Bull's brand. But I can take credit for that, Ravi, because that, came, that idea came from the comment of one of our patrons. Oh, okay. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then, then is when I suggested it. Um, so shout out to, to one of our patrons, Jean. Uh, if you're listening to it, to this, this is for you too. Absolutely. Um, so awesome. So the whole goal of this episode, we're going to go into the, some context because I think you have quite a lot. But the whole goal of this context is Red Bull. Pretty much everyone knows Red Bull. Uh, besides giving you wings with their soft drink, they own five football teams, two Formula One teams, Rallycross Racing, MotoGP, MotoGP2, MotoGP3, ice hockey, sailing, skateboarding, surfing, and esports and a lot of community events that they do locally Mm -hmm. so what i want to figure out in this episode is why does it make sense for a energy drink company to own and invest into all of these sports and brands yeah 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 yeah. cool would you say would you would you like to start us with some context on red bull yeah for sure for sure so uh many years ago in kind of like the early 90s late 80s um there was a man called and i'm gonna maybe not pronounce this very well, but Dietrich Maschewitz is what I practiced. Dietrich Maschewitz, uh, he was an exec at German kind of like, I wouldn't say healthcare, I'd say like um, uh, it's, it's, uh, FCMG, fast, uh, fast moving consumer goods. So things like creams and toothpaste and stuff like that. He was an executive in a company that, that did that in uh, Germany. He's an Austrian guy. Uh, and one day he was in Thailand for business um, and he was really hungover and he had a, a can of what he saw uh, a lot of blue collar workers around him drinking, uh, and they were drinking uh, a drink called Kratting uh, Daneng uh, or Kratting Deng, sorry. And uh, basically, those workers were drinking it to give give them energy. So he had he had a, a drink of that, and he realised that his jet lag was cured instantly. So he enjoys yeah. the drink. He goes back to Austria, and then he reads in the paper that the largest taxpayer in in Japan was a energy drinks brand. And he thought, hmm, maybe there's money to be made here. So he goes back to Bangkok um, and he finds the uh, the people that make Kratting Daneng. And he says, right, give me your recipe. We'll tweak it for the Western market. We'll market it in the Western market and we'll split the company 50-50. And that's what he did. And that's how Red Bull was born. Damn, so still 50% owned by some Thai company. Yeah, by a Thai individual and his son. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty interesting. Let's, let's jump into... Uh... The first time I met or encountered the Red Bull brand. I've got a story of that as well. Okay, Go on, cool. Tell me about yours. For me, it was when 
it was back when with Stratos. I didn't know it was called Stratos. To me, it was the the guy who jumped from the stratosphere. Sorry, that was the first time you fit, you surely you knew about Red Bull as a thing. Before Probably, that. but I I the way the, the I remember it really vividly is when that happened. Interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. When was it yours? Let's jump into Stratos in a bit, but I want to know yours first. Honestly, it was as a kid, as a kid, and um, I don't know if we want to jump into it now. Maybe we will do. But one of the things that they did uh, in the early days. It started in the States and they did it in their other markets later mm-hmm. is they sponsored parties yeah. by getting these kind of Red Bull ambassadors, basically paying students, to like make sure there's a bunch of Red Bull at parties. And the second thing that they did was get minis, convert them into pickup trucks, convert the, the backs of those mini pickup trucks into uh, fridges and cool boxes, stuff them full of Red Bull and then drive them around. And I've got a vivid memory of a kid seeing one of those cars in Watford, uh, which is where I grew up and thinking, what is that? And um, yeah, that's that's for me is is I even saw one actually just a few weeks ago. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's like a bit of a nostalgic memory seeing one of those. Yeah, I think one of the strategies uh, we're kind of like moving around, but one of the strategies is the Red Bull does a lot of community events. Very recently in Madrid, they did one with um, that's called Crazy Cars, mm-hmm. if you translate it, which is basically people in Madrid. You create a team, you can register, build your own car, and you basically need to ram down and pass a few obstacles just with without the car crashing pretty much yeah 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 it's yeah, pretty yeah. awesome it's pretty awesome and like, thousands of people came and see it and it's just a red bull organized event in a community in madrid and it just looks really cool um you know they put that on tv yeah it's in, and they live stream it to me yeah. it was insane because they had a bunch of drones flying around and following the cars so they have a, mm-hmm. a real-time drone racer following the cars which is that feed is being live streamed as well on youtube I found that insane. No, but yeah, and they, they do that in loads yeah. of different countries as well. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah, in the really. UK and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, going back to Stratos. Um, basically, Stratos is 10 years is a, is a ten years since Stratos happened. And that's why I wanted to touch about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Stratos really? is basically... Yeah, 10 years. It wasn't 2012. A lot of things happened in 2012. I think they were worried about the, old, the world ending. They just decided to do everything. The Olympics. I, feel really, I feel really old now. Yeah. Anyway, so this guy called Felix, Felix Baumgartner, jumped literally from the stratosphere. And they had the goal of becoming the first human to travel at Mach 1, so at the speed of sound, without without any aircraft, which he managed to achieve, if I'm not mistaken, 34 seconds after jumping. Mm -hmm. I found that insane. And the fact is that all the preparation that went into that, and we're going to go into some of the financials after, but all the preparation that went into that, the suit that they had to design for him, they had to design a suit that he had enough mobility and Mm -hmm. could also support minus 72 degrees. Apparently, the suit that they designed, they was designed by David Clark Company. Mm -hmm. And they managed to do it in a way in which you can maintain the pressure and make it still make it make it less bulky. And the innovation that came with that suit was then using the army as well for for flight pilot for yeah fighter jet pilots to redesign their suits as well using that same uh, using the same approach that they use, which I thought that, was pretty interesting. That's really interesting. Do you reckon that's yeah. true? Or do you reckon that's marketing? Um, no, it's actually in the Red Bull website. Which, by the way, is one of the best websites I have seen in my life. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that, actually. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk, talk about that, that in a second. Yeah. Uh, it was a four-minute free fall. Imagine four minutes free falling from the capsule. I just remember the live feed from... Or I was, we were watching it on YouTube. I don't know where you guys watched it. YouTube as well. well apparently, it was so long ago. I wouldn't be surprised if I watched it on terrestrial television in the uh, in the town square. <laughs> Ten well, years ago. 
man, it was 10 years ago. But it was it was live stream on YouTube. But to me, what that was insane. We're still getting the feed from up there. That 12 years, 10, 10 years ago is, is not that far. Um, so what is really fun is that Net, um, Red Bull has Red Bull TV, which has nothing really to do with this, but they have a, a documentary that they live stream as well sometimes in Red Bull TV. But mm-hmm. it's also live. You just want to take a look whenever you want. Uh, the link will be in the show notes. Um, and that was a massive accomplishment not only for Red Bull, but for humankind. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that Red Bull decided to associate themselves with that accomplishment, to me, that was insane. Imagine mm-hmm. like Red Bull got us to the moon or something like that. Of course, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure they'd love to. I'm sure yeah. they'd love to. If they could, they would. They yeah. would have by now, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's the type of, of mentality that I think I think they have, uh, or they, they approach this problem of we're going to associate ourselves with the top elite athletes that are able to move humankind further and we want our brand to be associated with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my thoughts on, on, on Stratos. We'll add the, 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 the documentary in the show notes. You know, there's, this, um, there's this marketing concept, right? It's called uh, the brand equity model. Um, and, and basically, it's like, uh, what is brand equity, right? I mean, that's probably a question that's tough to answer. But basically, it's like, different, it's like um, a Maslow's hierarchy of needs in terms of start at the bottom, in terms of the things yeah. that are most important for you to build brand equity. And at the bottom, it's got salience, um, which is all around uh, like your identity. Who are you? Why are you relevant? If that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. But then one layer up from that, there's uh, performance and imagery. And I think that when you create the image of a man falling from space, I mean, what an image that is. And then in terms of the idea of performance, you are creating like an image of Red Bull is high tech, Red Bull is science-based. Red Bull gets shit done, frankly. Um, and I think that is, that's one of the reasons why they did it. I doubt they looked at a pyramid and said, we're going to do it. I th- I'm sure it was more yeah. like built into their culture, but like, um, it's quite an interesting, quite an interesting thing for them to, for them to kind of think about. It's like, yeah, we're a drinks company. We'll get that done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the same thing with your favorite Formula One team, no? Yeah. So look, Red Bull uh, and uh, F1, it's a... Um, Formula favorite Formula One team for sure? Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. Come on, Red absolutely. We know not. you're supporting Max. So, so Red Bull have had a story in F1 for quite a while. Okay, so before they had the team um, in 2005, they'd actually been sponsoring, I believe it was Sauber, and owned about half the team. Which Sauber's traditionally not a very good team; like they're a bit behind the pace. Basically, uh, they left that team once. Uh, funny, funny enough, Sauber decided to get Kimi Raikkonen as their driver instead of the Red Bull driver that they wanted. I think mm-hmm. it was an Austrian guy. Uh, so they were like, we've had enough. We're leaving this relationship. A few years later, they buy Jaguar, who's obviously, who is a car brand who owned an F1 team. So they bought the F1 team yeah. uh, that was based out in uh, Milton Keynes. Um, and basically, between then and now, they've been at the cutting edge of Formula 1. Yeah. And uh, basically, what they did is they hired a guy called uh, Christian Horner, uh, who's the team principal. Uh, he was like one of the youngest ever team principals. They found like a guy who I think actually matched their brand, kind of like young, brash, doesn't give a, you know, SH1T about what other people think and, you know, gets it done kind of character. Yeah. But they also they also took arguably the smartest man in F1 away from one of the best teams in F1. Uh, he's kind of like the technical director. He's a man named Adrian Newey. And they paid him at the time an unheard of salary of uh, $10 million per year to be an engineer which is amazing for him, I guess. Yeah. Basically you need to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Between the two of them, uh, they developed the team. Uh, and then in 2007, excuse me, 2008, I believe it was, they won their first world championship 
with Sebastian Vettel. So it all came to fruition after about five, five, six years of massive investment. They had some of the biggest budgets in F1 for a little while. Um, and yeah, that's like the, that's Red Bull and F1 in a nutshell. And the less we say about this season and the season prior, the better. Yeah. I mean, they have done a great job, uh, to be honest. And the, the fact that the cars look awesome, uh, they have, if you compare the improvements throughout the years, I feel the Red Bull cars look really, really good. And not only that, Red Bull, also Alpha Tauri, which used to be Toro Rosso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks really yep. awesome. Um, so, so two things. Two things I'll say about that, right? Go on. They they went all in on on the tech, right? You can yeah. you can choose to just sponsor a team, okay, if you wanted to. But they were like, no, we want to own the team. In doing so, they created a company called Red Bull Advanced Technologies, uh, which is basically an engineering consulting company who have been involved in a bunch of different projects, including the um, the the Aston Martin Valkyrie, which is a hypercar, uh, which is going to come out very soon. Really looking forward to that. I've got my pre-order in uh, and for my sure. 2 million quid or whatever else it might be. Um, but they're also they're also going to create a Red Bull car. Do you get a referral discount? Uh, yeah, I think it might have sold out now. But no. um, <laughs> bit, bit, no, but but think about it this way. Yeah, yeah. Drinks Company owns an F1 team, which owns yeah. an engineering consultancy, which is going to make a run of like 120 production cars. Yeah. That's it's insane. Nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. And the last thing I'll say is the Red Bull F1 team apparently generates a net profit. Yeah, great that you mentioned that because I have the, the financials from 2018, which I could find for Toro Rosso here. Go Basically, revenue, most of the money came from prize money and R&D grants uh, and Red Bull payment on sponsorship probably. So probably mm-hmm. Red Bull Drinks Company pays Toro Rosso company. Hey, just put our our logo in there. Costs are pretty mo- pretty much... Machinery, hardware, hardware, track, equipment, that's like 5 million, so not too much. Uh, then they have purchase of team clothing, stickers, and materials used to build the cart. So basically materials, 56 mm-hmm. million is the highest thing. Then after that is travel, maintenance, driver fees, so it's driver salaries, energy and telecommunications. That's the second most expensive, which is 45 million. And finally, mm-hmm. staff costs, mm-hmm. which is 40 million. Mm-hmm. And then... So they have a total of revenue of 183 million and they have a total of costs of 181, Mm -hmm. which if you do all the math and with tax and so on, they get a net profit of 1.8 million. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which comes from Toro Rosso only, which is the, let's say, V2 team, right? Yeah, Um, yeah. That's ridiculous. Uh, The fact that that they are using this also to monetize and make money. Well, this this goes back to my, my question, right? Their brand is so like extreme right it's all about extreme we haven't even talked about all the different athletes athletes that we probably don't know about yeah uh, but they're the kind of athletes that do like mountain biking and this kind of stuff yeah. and, and everything bmx yeah rock climbing in, in addition to big names like trent alexander arnold neymar you know all these kinds of things right but essentially my point is is, is i think they have turned and it goes back to something that we've we've read in a, a book that we've both read by tony fidel and you have to bear with me here okay so tony fidel says that Product marketing and product management are the same thing, right? right? Basically, at the end of the day, it's being the voice of the customer or whatever else it might be. Basically, the idea that the disciplines of marketing and creating products are not that different because it's all about the user at the end of the day. Another way of looking at that is what Red Bull have done, which is, in my opinion, they've turned their brand into their product, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So they've looked at every single brand experience that they can have, and they've just basically said, oh, well, how can we charge money for this? And I don't necessarily mean that, you know, when you go... See an F, uh, Red Bull F1 car, you think, oh, right, I'm going to go and spend 10 quid to go and watch that. But, you know, 
you're, you're paying money to F1 or to Sky Sports, who then pay it to F1, who then pay it to the teams, who then pay it to Red Bull, you know, to basically experience the Red Bull brand, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think they've done that successfully in so many different ways. You know, you talked about the crazy car race um, in in uh, in Madrid, it happens in the UK. You've got to pay tickets to go and watch that. And if you want to watch it on TV, there's ads for other companies around that. So I think they're successfully kind of, they've ascended to a point where their brand is so strong and so powerful that they've been able to productize their brand yeah. because people just want to experience it. Yeah, Experience it and wherever there is Red Bull, there is a Red Bull brand, people will pay to be next to them, mm-hmm. right? So if there is a big event with Red Bull in there, people will pay for it uh, to put their logo next to Red Bull as well. Um, have you ever seen a, a Red Bull ad on television? No. Okay, so you might you might have seen them. You may have seen them. Um, maybe maybe you've heard the words Red Bull well, gives you wings. Yeah, like 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah. So what's really interesting, and you see them from time to time, but what's interesting is that basically traditional advertising channels are like such a small part of their, what's called a marketing mix. Yeah. It's more about organizing these crazy sporting events, organizing, uh, sorry, sponsoring crazy sporting events in addition to organizing their own, like you've mm-hmm. just talked about. Crazy kind of content-based marketing. Yeah. Sending people up to... Um, the stratosphere and seeing what happens. That's yeah. how they're doing their marketing. So in many ways, it's unconventional. Yeah. Now that we're talking about marketing and financials, I have a few stats here that I took from a Forbes article. I mean, again, Red Bull is not really public. So all of those companies are, you can't really, really get the, point, the fully yeah. financials, right? But basically they say, it is estimated that Red Bull spends about a billion dollars annually on marketing. Keep in mind that their revenue is about 8 billion. So an eight. And then nearly a third of Red Bull's marketing budget is spent only on F1. So one billion. Wow. Um, uh, sorry, about three hundred thirty-three thousand. Okay. So that represents approximately of three hundred fifty million annually, and therefore they still have about a hundred six hundred fifty million left to spend on other stuff. Which means that the company can spend about one point seven million a day on marketing. Yep. Uh, in terms of just extra stuff, or just in in total, my maths isn't that good. That's extra stuff, surely. Yeah, extra stuff besides F one. Wow. Imagine just doing one point five million or one point something million. A day. That is kind of nuts. That's yeah. kind of nuts. Yeah, I um, found that really insane. Speaking of of something else that is nuts, I want to ask you what what you think of a lovely quail breast with smoked celery, caramelized cream, and black garlic. How does that sound to you? Or maybe a little bit of Danube sabum, black sausage, Chinese cabbage, grapefruit, and ginger. How does that sound to you? Do they also have a restaurant? Does it sound good to you? Actually, let me let me put up the. Uh, some vegetarian options here for you. Artichokes, almonds, parsley, white truffle. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, a lot of Well, these are all dishes that you can get at Hangar 7, which is like Red Bull's... I don't want to say it's definitely not their headquarters, but it's kind of their brand experience center where you can look at the Flying Bulls, uh, which is a flying team that Dietrich Mashvitz uh, created. So people who do like air shows and air acrobatics and that kind of stuff, uh, where you can actually go and see those airplanes. Um, some of his kind of uh, historical plane collection and also a collection of Formula One cars. It's at Salzburg Airport. It's a gorgeous, airport. gorgeous. That's yeah, yeah. Cool. I know. I think I think it's located at Salzburg Airport. If you're like transiting in it, you probably okay. can't get to it, right? Okay, okay, okay. Um, it's got like guest chefs uh, and things like that. So if, you, if you're like, hmm, I need to experience the Red Bull brand, yeah. then you can go to this restaurant where you can see a different top chef every single month, which is just another... Nuts thing that they do. Another way to experience the brand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And do you know what the cafe we... is called? Yeah, yeah. Go on, guess. What? Uh, wings. <laughs> yeah, it's just chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> Red Bull gives you wings, yeah. Uh, it's called Carpe Diem Lounge. Oh, very cool. Yeah, just very tells you everything you name. need to know. 
yeah very fancy name final thing on financials from my from my side well for now um the stratos project it costs red bull about 50 million to make mm -hmm. supposedly the return on global reporting sponsorship and then ads and 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 future interviews and all of that post the event guess how much apparently it returned based on forbes in terms of brand marketing on money in terms of in terms of money in terms of what yeah. direct revenue or like because they've got all these metrics like um how like basically like there's this metric where they basically say if you're if you pay to have an advert in the newspaper where this news article is written about what you did and you paid for that advert instead of that news article being written it would cost x amount if that makes sense. And they look at all those different instances and they, they, they cost look, it all up that way. Don't overthink it. You put 50 million, how many million, how many, how much money came back? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a marketer. That's how you go think about things like this. Sure, I know, I, they, this, I know in F1, I know in F1, it's like 10 to one. So like if you spend a billion in F1, you'll get 10 billion in media exposure, right? I'm guessing for this one, it's a bit more special. You said 50 million. I'm going to say 600, no, a billion, a billion, 1 billion. 6 billion. Jeez. That's Six nice. billion they got from sending somewhere from the stratosphere down to Earth. Everyone was talking about that. To be fair, yeah, everyone was talking about it. Yeah, it was it was something that pushed humanity forward. So that's why it was such a big deal. I it, mean, did it, it did it really? I mean, as the first person who broke the the speed of sound without any aircraft. Uh, but they have they also took a lot a really big risk, right? Yeah, like yeah. that person could something really fatal could have happened, and that then the Red Bulls brand could have been. Uh, staying forever yeah going transitioning from money into football purchase of red bulls new york soccer team in 2026 2006 mm -hmm. it cost them 25 million mm -hmm. the return value of today's how much do you think it is 26 million 25. when in, in 2006 yeah i mean presumably they would have spent more i'm gonna go with 200 well it's 10 years isn't it 2006 to now is what for yeah, 16 years 18, 16 years yeah 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 oh Listeners, I, can I just say I just beat Luigi on mental maths. Just want to, yeah, just want to make that clear. Just let that sit with you. All right. Sixteen years. Uh, sixteen times twenty is three hundred twenty million. Three, four hundred million dollars. Uh, yeah, you're, you're very optimistic. It's two hundred and ninety million. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Fair according enough. according to Forbes. Yeah. But what Didn't I really... they get Thierry Henry to manage that team? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, he used to manage that team. Thierry Henry used to. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but what is really interesting is the strategy that they went for because they don't only own one team, they own five. Um, and it's just the, the multi-club ownership is what they call mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And I found really interesting that they... Look, I, I'm going to list you the, the teams they own. Uh, it's FC Red Bull Salzburg, mm -hmm. uh, then Le Leipzig in Germany, uh, New York Red Bulls, New York Bre Red Bull Brazil, and FC Lifering. So if you actually think about it, they own teams, one in the US, one in Brazil, one in in twins with in twin Austria and one in Germany. Okay, mm -hmm. so three in Europe, two in Latin America and the US, which are relatively cheap markets, but with great talent. So they're using for them it's cheaper to source players from Brazil and the US using those teams. They're also brand equity, get right players, and then use that to access to get those players into Europe, and they get priority every time they. They want to transfer players from the US and Brazil mm -hmm. into, into Europe. Mm -hmm. I found that super interesting as a strategy. It's like, actually, talent is there. We need to find a way to send it to Europe. So what do we do? We own a team there and we have people on the field, making them better, bringing talent up, scouting people, 
nurturing them and then sending 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 them here to us because at the end of the day if you have great talent moving here into europe uh, i mean realistically you are not dying to play in salzburg right you're going from salzburg is a starting team when you come to europe yeah maybe i mean you know i'm sure if you're a footballer playing professional football is just amazing anyway i, I agree yeah, yeah i agree yeah. i agree but then you aspire to go somewhere else yeah yeah no fair enough it's, um, it's very much similar to the to the model of um CFG City Football Group, yeah. Um, who coincident coincidentally were at Web Summit, which was a conference that we talked about in the last episode. Yeah, I didn't know no. they were there. Yeah, they were. They were. They were. Yeah. I, I I nearly went. It was on the Friday, but uh, I went to a different thing instead. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I thought that was pretty interesting. The fact and the strategy on owning different teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and then any anything to add on football? No, Besides not really. That. I mean, to be honest, I think um, the only thing I'll add there is that like. There is, especially in the European teams, there's like a, they're, they're making economies of scale based on not only in terms of like players and recruitment and stuff like that, but they're trying to build an identity of the way that Red Bull football teams in Europe play. Yeah. Therefore creating like an identity for the type of player that they want, kind of just like pure economies of scale. It's like pure maths, right? To, to come and make this happen. So it's supposed to be a very energetic, almost like chaotic kind of pressing style of football. Yeah. Um, Similar to very Atletico, that's how I feel they are. Atletico de Madrid. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, we can debate no? football philosophies on a, on another. Yeah, day. We, not, we, we could do. That. I'm not sure if I would. I'm not sure if I'd say that, but I definitely um, haven't watched enough Atletico or Red Bull games to uh, to be able to kind of disagree with any kind of substance. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this does not make this about football, even though football is a great topic, and we have loads of episodes about that. Final thing I want to move into is yeah. how all of this comes together, and then use that to jump into the clothing brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, from my point of view. I think what Red Bull has is just, just such a great combination of assets. So you start with the drinks, which is they started building that as a great brand ad- identity. People started drinking that. Building relationships with high caliber athletes through, let's say, sports and support and sponsoring specific athletes. Access to technology through F1 and then uh, media through Red Bull TV, the events mm-hmm. and all the technology. So all of those things slightly overlap mm-hmm. and they support each other. Mm-hmm. And if you go to the clothing brand, it's super interesting because that's a way to make that brand accessible and make you wear it every day. Do you think that's about accessibility? Because if it's if super I... expensive though, but it, yeah, it exactly. brings status. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's a matter of like, you can't really wear every day a Formula One car. You can wear a jacket or something, but not it's not to everyone's style. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it, it's a matter of expanding the brand and making it making you wear it every day if you can mm-hmm. afford it. Mm-hmm. But I have a few things. Uh, I mean, a, jack- a code is like seven hundred dollars, which is ridiculous. Um, but once you go on their website, there are two really interesting things that I really like, and they copy yeah. the model of the actual Red Bull drinks brand into their their clothing brand, which is mm-hmm. the it's called the Innovation Lab. Which is as you said, there is a car in the past that was really filled with Red Bull, and it was just traveling around, and that's what you remember as a kid. They have the Innovation Lab, which is this clothing store that is movable. So they don't really own the, the, the clothing store. They just, it's like a truck that the plan is put it in specific cities around Europe. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming in the US they're going to do it probably. And then just move it around in the, to different cities and just making sure that the experience, once you go into the, the shop, you, you basically have different iPads, you can select different clothes, you have AR, you have, you have just a, a different experience of um, clothing purchase. It's super cool, super like the lighting. Uh, it's, it's super awesome. Anyway, they try to make the experience. I can keep talking about this for a while, but they try to make the experience really, really good. Mm-hmm. Once you go into the website, 
they have a section for a clothing brand. They have a section called technology. Yeah. Are you on the website? Yeah. Which I found insane. The fact that they use this, they call it turbo brand technology, which is a three layer, three layer, uh, um, basically micro, they call it micro, three layer ultralight microscopic fiber fused into a complex and firmly connected unique structure. It forms a barrier against nanoparticles smaller than 20 nanometers. Can I just say one thing? Yeah, go on. It looks a lot like an expensive Uniqlo. Because Uniqlo also markets itself based on like the technologies of their fibers and heat tech and, you know, all this and the other Um, and their brand partnerships and stuff like that. It's just saying. You know, I thought they will brand and use these things as actually this is like F1 technology or something like that. I don't think Um, people want to wear F1 technology. Yeah, that's that's what I think. Maybe not. I I, I think it will be cool as a branding, but maybe they don't. They want to disassociate themselves to F1 and actually associate themselves to this is Red Bull. Mm. This is a Mm. clothing brand. Just called whatever so Alpha Tauri. It's a brand extension. Yeah. Wow. Oh, look at you using fancy words. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's uh, Innovation Lab is apparently going to start touring around European cities towards the end of 2022. So it should be happening right now. I'm, nice. I'm well, not sure if the definitely... one that we saw in London was the was one of those. No, no, that was an actual store. An, that an was actual an actual store. store. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Any interesting insights on the clothing brand? Uh, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> final thing that I wanted to go in with you is esports yeah. events that they are or they started to organize, um, and they are actually streaming them in Red Bull Live TV or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get your thoughts on why, because if you actually look at the past, they they support so many extreme things, mm-hmm. uh, so many extreme sports. Why gaming? Uh, well, it's interesting because like, um, it's really interesting because like they, they, they do market themselves as like, oh, extreme, this, that, and the other, but you wouldn't imagine like an honest to God athlete, like just chugging a can of Red Bull before a game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, but you could imagine a video gamer at 2am, like, oh, it's yeah. a grind. Yeah. yeah. You arrive at, we arrived to the same conclusion. Interesting. Interesting. Go basically giving, the, giving them exposure, giving Red Bull more exposure to the market that actually buys yeah and just being everywhere yeah that, that was basically my exposure is you know what my my conclusion you know what let's let's make sure we are where our consumers are let's make sure we 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 sponsor their events we support them and we seem as their friends and we make those spaces available for them i have no data to support what i'm about to say um but basically i read somewhere a long time ago and i tried to find it before this episode but i couldn't that the price of Red Bull relative to its competitors in the energy drink sector has come down a lot. So now a can of Red Bull, it used to be like two or three times more than the next competitor, but now it's a lot cheaper. And I, I back have, in the I day, have, yeah, back in the day, they had a, um, their kind of demographics were 18 to 35, higher than average income, kind of a young professional type person, right? Yeah. And I reckon, you know, I think that's to do with then you have like people like Monster, Rockstar, et cetera, et cetera, coming in and muscling on this energy market, on, mm-hmm. on this energy drink market. And then suddenly they're like, okay, we've got to drop prices to compete and our demographic has to change. And then suddenly you're looking at the, this is a massive stereotype, but the, the gamer in their mother's mother's basement, if you know what I mean. Massive and how can we get that? How can we get that guy drinking Red Bull and not Mountain, not Mountain Dew? Uh, Monster. Uh, Monster, yeah. Yeah. I have a few numbers around that. Apparently, uh, a single man- the manufacturing cost of a single can is nine cents. Jeez. Wholesale price is one point eighty seven. 
uh, in Western countries. And re mm -hmm. suggested retail price of a single can is three fifty nine in Western countries. About seven point seven point five billion cans sold in twenty nineteen, which turned into six billion in revenue mm -hmm. in twenty nineteen. They call they call they call the cans the silver bullet because I don't know if you remember, but when they started the um when they started the the cans form factor was different to anything else that you'll see on the market. Oh yeah. Yeah, tall I don't and know. skinny. Yeah, tall and skinny was like a, a thing that you didn't really see before. Yeah. Something that they actually don't advertise that much is their recent investments into the environment. Um and I have a few really interesting stats here. They you know they have the coolers, the the, the fridges that they they that you rent pretty much every time you want to sell Red Bull. Mm -hmm. So they they outsource this this coolers. Mm -hmm. So basically three eco coolers use the same amount of energy as one common laptop, which I thought was really interesting. Then they have another one, which is 95% of the total coolers are already eco-coolers, which is, is is a new technology that they're inventing. I, mm -hmm. I tried to look into why are they so efficient? Couldn't find out why. So if someone <laughs> knows, please let me know. Um, <laughs> what they do is they fly them to like Antarctica, open the door, and then close it really tightly and then bring I, it back to wherever I, they are. It's insane. I, I don't know if this is the Formula One technology, but like this technology should be everywhere. Another one is that 40% of their transport of aluminum cans um, is 40% more efficient than glass bottles. But that's an average of aluminum. And finally is the, th the three main production sites are in Austria, Switzerland, and US. Okay, interesting. So if yeah. I drink a can of Red Bull in the UK, it's going to come from either Austria or Switzerland. It's not like exactly. Coca-Cola where it's manufactured locally. Yeah. That's interesting. Maybe they should work on that. Yeah, I don't know. But I found that really interesting. Anyway, so that's my conclusion. My conclusion is that they find, they figure out ways or spaces in which slightly overlap with each other and make sure that technology supports the coolers in this case. Um, but also the brand of F1 also supports the branding and clothing. They just try to make sure that they have a great combination of assets. Wow. That bring their well, brand identity to the top. Well, I think that could be a great place. That could be a cool place to, to wrap up. What do you think, Luigi? Would you like to, to read the show notes? I will. I will. Uh, Designed by Us is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon community. If you liked what you heard today, you can join them uh, at the link in the description. If you want to get access to some of the links uh, that we talked about today, you'll find them in the show notes. Uh, that will direct you to a Patreon post, which is free for everybody to get access to. And uh, you can see some of the things that we talked about today. You can follow Luigi on Twitter at Luigi underscore D'Entrona. You can follow me on Twitter at Ravi is occupied. Uh, if you like the show, tell your friends about it. Give us uh, a five-star review on the uh, whatever platform you're listening to us on. Share it with your friends. Um, and I think that's about it, Luigi. Yeah. Big shout out Perfect. to Miguel for editing all the episodes as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cheers. Bye.